Thank you for tuning in to the Natty News Daily Podcast. This episode is brought to you in part by our sponsor, Core Nutritionals. You can check out corenutritionals.com for all your supplement needs and use code NattyNewsDaily at checkout to save 20%. Enjoy the episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest episode of the Natty News Daily Podcast. We are joined today by Cassandra Grippy. Welcome, Cassandra, to the podcast. You were saying that this is the first podcast you've done, so we are absolutely honored, uh, and this one should be an exciting one for you guys. Uh, the viewers and the listeners were asking for more female interviews. We're doing it, right? And no one else uh, better to interview than the 2022 Yorton Cup figure champ, correct? Yes, yes. yes. Super excited okay. to be here, yeah, and I appreciate you guys asking me to come on here, too, which is great. I saw you guys yeah. at Jess last week. Mm -hmm. This is another yeah. great female athlete. So it's definitely cool that you guys are bringing females on here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just, we love the sport in general. I mean, we as a collective three, Leroy not being here, are, you know, male bodybuilders in the bodybuilding division now, but it doesn't matter. You know, the sport is the sport and we support all federations and all divisions of the federation. So, yeah. yeah. So, Let's um let's dive into it. So normally the way we do this, we turn it over to you. I want to hear a little bit about yourself, what kind of what makes you tick. If you want to dive into like how you got into the sport, that's always a good topic for a lot of people, especially the female athletes, I feel like probably. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you chat for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I uh, If you told me five years ago that I would be a Yorton Cup winner or even be in bodybuilding, I would tell you you were crazy. Um, I was always in in sports in school, I did, I did all the sports. I did track, soccer, basketball, soccer was like my main sport. I did it all through high school. And then I went to college and I played soccer. Um, but I was always like into lifting, but I was never, uh, like that wasn't my thing. Like soccer was, I, I always like was relatively strong. I had two older brothers that were kind of into lifting. Um, so I kind of would do that here and there, but nothing like super regimented, like how it is now. So I went to college, played soccer, whatever. And then <clears throat> it was, I used to love like the weight training portion of soccer, like when we would have our morning lifts and stuff like that. Um, and then after college, I was just like, what am I going to do now? So I started getting more into lifting and um, really like, I guess the whole bodybuilding thing was, it wasn't until I think it was like 2019, I was living in Albany, New York at the time. And I was taking these um, fitness classes. They were, it was called metabolic fitness. And they were like functional weightlifting classes. And I started dabbling in macros. And that's when I started to see the most like crazy results in my body change. Because for the most part, I was, I was always like just an average athletic fit female. And once I started dabbling in macros, I actually started to see my body like recomp. And it was kind of, it was crazy. And I was like addicted to it. And I loved it. And um, yes, yeah, so I just continued to lift, just train hard. Everyone always asked me if I competed. And I was like, no, like I just do it for fun. Like everyone thought I was crazy. And um, it wasn't until COVID, uh, all the gyms shut down. So it was like, what are we going to do? You know, everybody was like scrambling for weights. Um, I drove all the way. So I live in Utica, New York. I drove all the way to Utica, which was like an hour and a half east. And I lugged like 300 pounds worth of weight from my brother's like old gym equipment. And I made a basement gym in my home in Albany. And um, long story short, whatever. What'd you say? So this is sounding very familiar. <laughs> is it? Is this what you did too? I I trained in my garage full time now, but yeah, it started like yeah, right before COVID started. I I started you... just panicked and just pulled together some weights. Yeah. Everyone panicked, and I remember going to Dick's 
like Dick's Sporting Goods the day it was like March 14th. And I was like, do I like buy dumbbells right now? I'm like, oh no, probably the gyms will probably only be closed for like two weeks. Not to mention it was like six months. So luckily I did have some weights, but it was like the most like um, dingy, like basement gym ever that I ever made. And uh, I used to just work out down there. I used to love it. But uh, so I came home for like holidays or whatever. And my aunt, uncle, well, my uncle was super into bodybuilding. So they made a basement gym and Mm -hmm. he put like all his old bodybuilding pictures on the wall. And they said to me, they're like, the only way you can get on the wall is if you do a show. And I was like, is that like a challenge? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's COVID. Like there's nothing else better going on. And I was like, sure, I'll try it. So I ended up prepping for a show and I did my first show. It was in Syracuse, New York. It was the big East. And that was like right kind of after COVID, it was 2021. So it was still like small. There was only so many spectators allowed. People are still wearing masks, things like that. And I ended up doing my first show and I got my first pro card. And that's how, that's how it all started. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So that's the Big East is an OCB show as well. Yes. You won the OCB Yorton Cup. Have And I saw on your, your bio that you've competed with the NPC. Have yes. you done any other federations? Kind of like what... What drew to the OCB? Was it just like locality and and it was local to you or? It was just, I knew people from back home, like back in Utica. um, They were familiar with the OCB. I had some friends that did it. Um, Obviously it was like a natural federation, which I loved. So I was like, Mm -hmm. sure, let me try this out. Like I said, at the Mm -hmm. time I was super unfamiliar with it. I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. Um, But then obviously like I did the prep or whatever. And I I loved the prep and just the, the drive and the discipline. And like, that's just... I think that was the most motivating part. So then when it was like time to actually get on stage, it was like, am I really going to do this right now? Like, and I'm such, I'm not like a girly girl. So for me to get all glammed up, like in a bikini on stage, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but it, it's definitely a different sport, but I'm so glad I did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still yeah, continuing absolutely. to do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, Um, I don't want to glance over the, like the fact that you prepped when everyone else stopped prepping, right? Like I know both myself and Leroy were going to compete in 2020. And like when everything happened, we were just like, that's not happening. Right. And a lot of people are the same thing. So obviously you had a little bit more equipment than what some might've had, but how, how did that go for you? What kind of troubles did you run into? Let's talk about that first prep because, you know, prep's hard on its own, much less like the, the whole world stopping while you're trying to do this show for the first time. Well, that's the wildest thing. And it's like, I wish back then I was more active on social media the way I am now. And I wish I took more videos of like my crazy setups I had in the basement. Like I was using cinder blocks. I was using just the wildest equipment. And to think that's where it like started is just wild now to me that like, obviously we have the luxury now we're back in the gym and we have all the nice equipment and things like that. But like, it really was just like the old time school, like, garage basement gyms we did like I was flipping tires outside like literally could do anything to like try I made like the craziest cables with resistant bands off of like my my basement stairs it was just all mixed match mats like it was just wild the setup I had in the basement and I, wish, I wish I took more photos and videos down there because that was like the raw stuff that no one will ever see mm-hmm yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm flashing back to that myself. Dan actually criticized me the one time I had a, what was it? I had a bar stool tipped over on its side with a plank on top of it to use as an inclined bench for the adjustable dumbbells I had. And Dan's like, that is not safe. You will crush that. Get off of that right now. 
<laughs> no, and that was the thing too, because a lot of things I had set up, like I lived with my two best friends at the time, and they were they were just thought it was hysterical. And one, I had music playing, and they were working from home at the time, so it was just our times were set up, and like sometimes they would hear like crazy thuds, and they weren't sure if like it was the the ghetto the bench I made that I made. They would just yell downstairs like, "Hey, are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm good. Everything's good." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, did you, did you run into any like sort of nutritional issues? Cause I know like where I was in Delaware at the time getting like chicken some weeks, I was like searching and searching in stores and it was pretty tough actually to get some food at some points. See, luckily for me, I think it was all good. I really didn't have issues. I know. So like I said, I was in Albany at the time. Um, people back home in Utica, like I remember everyone saying with well, the chicken shortage, um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, like, we'll never forget the toilet paper shortage, not that that was the issue, but, <laughs> um, but like things like that. But no, luckily, for nutrition wise, everything seemed to be okay. Um, I know I was just trying to get more weights, like I was trying to get bumper plates and things like that. And I was like, on every wait list for Rogue. It was insane. Mm -hmm. And finally, when they sent me bumper plates, I it felt like Christmas morning that I got bumper plates in the mail. It was like the best thing ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan knows all about that. You should see his stuff. It's actually pretty, well, pretty I did. phenomenal. I was, I was checking out your guys' Instagram and I do see the, I, I love, I appreciate the garage gyms and the basement mm -hmm. gyms. It's like, though, that's the real stuff that like, that means a lot. That's the down and dirty, like raw stuff right there. I love it. Mm -hmm. Did, did you end up building bit. it out or did you end up going back to the gym pretty quickly right after or, or what, what did you end up doing? I did go back to the gym, but it was, it was frustrating because when they let us back, we still had to wear a mask and which, which, whatever, I get it. Everyone has their own opinion or whatever, but it was hard. Like it was hard to breathe with the mask and like, you know, interaction and wipe everything down and things like that. So I really did stay long in the basement for a while. I definitely um, did some cardio more at the gym. And then when it came to like leg press and things like that, I started to adapt more in the gym. And then now at this point, I'm just, I'm fully back in the gym. And I think I'm like, how did I wake up early? and go in my basement and work out. Like, if you told me how to do that now, I don't know if I've had the mo motivation to do that. Mm -hmm. Were you training solo most of the time in, in the basement then? Or was yeah. it all solo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like my cardio. So I actually did get my one good friend who I was living with at the time. She got into it. So sometimes we would do workouts together. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, it was just, it was just me in my basement. <laughs> there's There's something about that. Like just, you know, like it's, you know, just training alone in, in a garage, like nobody's watching you, like you're just doing your thing. And, and for you, like you weren't even recording half of it. So like, it's well, just like, yeah, that's what I mean. It was just like those X-Files that no one will ever know. And I laugh too, because like now obviously I go to the gym and I wear like a cute outfit or something. And I like want to like kind of look okay at the gym where my basement outfits, they never matched. I have the time to have shoes on. I like just rolled out of bed, went downstairs. It was fine. Nothing even mattered at that time. Yeah. And I think oh, there's yeah. something to that just with like for an athlete to be able to, to do that and not need like people around or people mm -hmm. watching or external motivation or fancy gym fits or, or whatever, like, you know, just in the solace of, uh, you know, your garage or your basement and like you get it done and nobody's going to see if you do or you don't, you know? Yeah. Like you don't have to post that picture and say like, Oh yeah, I got it done today. Like no one even knew that I was down there. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So how is it uh how has it gone from there, right? You won, it was 2022 was the figure uh Jordan win. Talk yep. about the time in between there. So you transitioned back into the gym, you had done the show and won your pro card at this point. So yep, so I won the pro card in June of 2021. So I qualified for the Orton. 
And at the time, I didn't even know what the Yorton was. And everyone's like, yeah, you got to go to the Yorton, got to go to the Yorton. So this was at June. And the first Yorton was in Pittsburgh. Twenty, Yeah, 2021 was in Pittsburgh and it was in October. So uh, I kind of reversed out a little bit and I was like really hesitant. I was like, do I try this? Do I go? Like, I'm like, this is my, I'm a first timer here. Like, I don't know. And I was like, at the time I was like, you know what? I qualify. Let me just go for the experience at least. So I ended up uh, reversing out a little bit and then I went right back in to prep, did the show um, in October. And I mean, it was amazing. Like being there, there was like, I forget how many girls, there was like 40 girls. Um, obviously so many of them were competing for years or whatever. And I ended up getting third, my first time in the Oregon. And that was just wild to me. So uh, that's when, that's when the drive kicked in. I'm like, okay, this might be my sport. And I have to actually, I actually have to do this. So then uh, that was my drive to come back the following year. So 2022 and train for the Oregon. And, and then I took it home. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So where, uh, where along that line did the NPC come in play? Did you decide to start competing with them a little bit? So honestly, before, like, Prior to bodybuilding and when I was like lifting in the gym, I was super into powerlifting. This is like just a side note. Um, so that was really, really my first like outside sport of like college uh, recreational sports. Um, so I did do a powerlifting meet in before the year and and that's why I was like up in the air and I'm like, am I going to cut? Because unfortunately you guys know with a cut, like you lose all your strength. And that's like always been a big struggle for me too. So um, I just like, I was dabbling in all the little, I'm like, what do I do next? So I was like, as I was prepping for the Yort and I said, uh, I was like, you know, this is like the Super Bowl of natural bodybuilding. I was like, if I win this, like, what do I, where do I go from here? So I obviously NPC, we all know is like a little bit higher up and there's a lot more different, different things going on in it. So I was like, do I try this naturally? Like, obviously some girls have the advantage and it's just a different, different sport, different breed. Um, mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what, let me try and just do it natural and see how far I can go. So obviously I won the York and, and there was a show in Poughkeepsie, New York. It was the Grand Prix. When was it? It was like two weeks after, after the Orton. And um, I was like, you know, what? I'm here now. Let me just roll into it. And I ended up winning. I took the whole show, which was crazy to me. Um, that, that was real wild because it was just like, it was one of those things where, you know, things aren't fair, I guess you could say. And it was like, wow, I actually just came in and I just swapped this whole show. That was a humbling experience. So did that nationally qualify you then? Yeah. So technically I qualify national this year. Um, I'm kind of going through like a health phase right now. So kind of building phase. And I mm -hmm. think if I want to continue with NPC, I definitely need to put some size on. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my plans are for the future yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm in favor of extended off seasons. So yeah, no you're hate for me. You said you're in extended off season? Yeah, I competed in 2021. Um, probably going to compete again next year. So yeah, yeah. three year season ish. So yeah, that was that's my thinking. It's like I, you know, I went from 2021 to 2022, and it's just like I haven't had a solid year of a build, let alone like a solid year to bodybuilding too. Because like I said, I was powerlifting. I was just kind of training for fun. So I was like, let me take kind of like a solid year building to see where an actual bulk build mm -hmm. can take me. I think you'll be amazed how much muscle you can pile on. My um, my question though is: Are have there been any uh natural athletes, female athletes that have won an IFBB Pro card? Has that been done? I know like Marianne Cooks been competing in the NPC. I think she has competed at na a national show. There has is. Anyone... They do. They do two. Um, 
natural I or natural NPC shows a year. It's the Ben Weeder one, and mm -hmm. then there's uh, another one I forget where it is, but it's the all CPA natural. runs one too. Yeah, yeah. So it's all natural athletes. So technically, um, they do win, and I have seen other uh, natural athletes win their IFBB Pro card, but it's just mm -hmm. the matter of sure you can win your pro card, but it's just like I feel like you know later down the road if you want to continue this as a career or like later things get more difficult being natural i guess yeah i guess my question is is was more so has anyone won like an untested nationals and got an ipb pro card through oh yes yeah yeah yeah. i have seen that it has been done okay yeah. who has who has done that i don't know the names but i have if seen you know them. a name we might need to talk to them <laughs> I know, I know. I will find out for you because I, I dabbled with, I was like talking to some coaches and I'm like along this past year, like I've met some crazy people and we've been talking about it and stuff, but I will come back to you with some names. Yeah, cool. nice. Thank you. Um, so, so you said you really don't know, don't know what the future holds for you, right? So you're in a growth phase right now and a health mm -hmm. phase as you phased it. And I, I, I love that phrase in itself because that's something that's kind of like swept under the rug in our sport is people overlook the the health impact, right? So why don't you, you know, as a representative of the female side of the sport, let's talk about that a little bit. Some of the things, if you're open to, that oh, you might've gone through things to, you know, for other female athletes to be wary of and be mindful of, like what's been your path with that? So this past year, and I coached myself and um, now I do coach other athletes. I, I coach lifestyle athletes and coach um, prep power lifters, all that stuff. And relatively a lot of my clientele is females. Um, but a lot of the, like I had a coach in the past and speaking with other, um, female athletes, even like just a lot of OCB competitors and stuff like that, they don't realize that getting your menstrual cycle is super important and, um, being lean for that long, especially as a female is like not okay. And I, and I hate it because a lot of people that don't understand bodybuilding, like they automatically think you're starving yourself and they think it's not safe or healthy, which I get that aspect. Um, mm -hmm. I know the way I prep, I kind of just do macros. I know a lot of people do meal plans and macros, but for the most part, it's not like it's unhealthy. Like the lowest calorie intake I ever got was maybe like 15, 1400 calories. And I laughed because when I start with new clients, a lot of them aren't even eating that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So going into the, the whole caloric intake or whatever, but the whole feminine side of it and female, um, like I said, the men's um, the, the menstrual cycle and things like that. A lot of girls don't get it for years or like just will stay so lean and just they'll go to their doctors, they'll search help. And the doctors are always just like, oh, well, it's bodybuilding. It's fine. There's no issue with that. It's fine. And it's like, nah, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. So I have one competitor that got incredibly lean last year as a female, and it took us a solid six months of like very intentional eating at like ridiculous calories. Like if I told most of my other, even male athletes, what she was eating, she's like 120 pound female eating 27, 2800 calories. So, and it took that and adding that much body weight to put, you know, to get her back into her cycle. Well, that's what I'm at right now. So I, I did an in body, I think it was three weeks before the yoga and I was 7% body fat. Like that's insane for a female. And luckily I can get that lean, which is, which is one really cool, but two, like not healthy. You know what I mean? So I'm still struggling. I have not had my cycle since 
And um, that's how I am. I'm in just a calorie surplus. I've like stopped all cardio and I'm really just on the hunt for my period. Okay. So, yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things there that you're using as tools. Dan, were you about to say something? I don't want to interrupt you if I, if you were. No, I have some, some thoughts, but nothing that's, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So you talked about reducing the cardio or pulling the cardio entirely, because that's obviously a stressor on the body. Obviously mm -hmm. a high, high calorie surplus is another tool you're using. What other aspects are you using to try and regain that, you know, healthy well, status? Well, definitely higher fat. Um, a lot of, so I am like a certified nutritionist too, which is a little bit help, helpful, but that's a lot of things too. Like, so when new athletes come to me, I hate criticizing other coaches because there's always a method and there's always a way and everyone has their own little niche and tricks. Um, but some, some programs I see, it's like, there is no fat in some diets and it blows my mind. And I kind of get it like, sure, if that's the idea for contest prep, but just like everyday life, like especially females, like fat is so important. So when I see these diets and it's just literally plain chicken and jasmine rice, like six times a day, I'm like, where are you getting your fat? This is why like everything is off. So that's what I'm definitely incorporating is a lot of fat, a lot of carbs. Um, my protein's still obviously high, of course. Like I said, I lowered cardio. I lowered volume and training. Um, for a while, I was only lifting four days a week, which like mentally, it just sucks because I love going to the gym every day. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, I can still go and train clients and things like that. But it was just, it was, it's still kind of a struggle because I miss the cardio high. I miss, of course, being lean and seeing you know, my body weight, you know, and it, it, it's a mental struggle seeing your weight go up to like right now I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Um, mm -hmm. but like, I also am the strongest I've ever been. So mm -hmm. I kind of take that as a win. It serves a purpose. Yeah. It's not, you're just sure. heavy because yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have specific fat sources that you like to lean on or do you, when you're prescribing stuff for your clients, you're just saying like increase fat to X amount? Um, it kind of depends. It depends on the athlete and it depends on what their goals are, I guess, in competitors. With my competitor clients, I definitely like to keep a cleaner diet because um, I know it's always like the if it fits in your macros. And don't get me wrong, I do use that, especially for lifestyle clients, because it's like, I just want you to eat at this point. Um, but like for me, like I definitely, I definitely eat a whole food diet. Like I definitely do avocados, oils, nut butters. Um, I still eat like even at this point, I stopped like chicken breasts. I do more chicken thighs. I definitely do mm -hmm. red meat a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. things more along the line of that. Perfect. Perfect. Dan, you had a couple points there. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I've kind of pulled it together. The, um, so <laughs> the, uh, I guess you competed in, in what was the, your last show was around November ish time yeah. frame. but how much weight have you added since then? So my show weight was, 127 128 mm -hmm. and right now i'm sitting at like 155 that's a that seems about right um it took me, it, it took me like yeah. a hot minute though to gain some weight like it was a struggle like i'm still Love eating it. i still eat about 35 to like 4200 calories a day it's good like i'm like eating like a man like it's literally like, <laughs> it's a chore like i was tell, i was actually talking to some guy today at the gym about it and i'm like i will finish my meal and then i'm just preparing my next meal at this point <laughs> i'm a professional eater at this point <laughs> yeah it gets painful <laughs> yeah for sure it does at this point i'm like i want to be in prep <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's uh it's yeah it's something but um i'm just thinking comparatively because i mean I, I've similarly taken a, a while to fully recover from a season. 
Um, I'm thinking back to my 2021 season because I competed around the same timeline, that fall timeline. I don't think I was – I didn't feel 100% until, like, probably, like, May or June, probably. So, um, yeah, I mean, you 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 haven't hit May or June. So, I'm, I'm just, just thinking out loud and, and no, comparatively I know. And I thinking. Like, yeah. I feel like I, I, I feel like hormonally, I guess, I feel like I'm kind of getting better. Like, I kind of see some signs of, like, okay, maybe it's going to come this month. Maybe it's not. I can definitely see my body changing in different ways. So, I really do think we're heading in the right direction. And I do think – I'm hoping by June, July, things will kind of – get back intact for me yeah i'm just trying to understand comparatively yeah how how that differs for for someone like yourself females and in general did you in your in i guess with that your um your prior season so you competed back-to-back seasons did did you feel fully recovered between those two seasons no so i haven't had my period since 2020 oh wow so it's been a hot minute okay so it was like that was my thing and it sucks because of course I love OCB and I, and I even wanted to compete again, again at the Yorton this year, but it was like, okay, do I suck it up another six months and then just go on full recover, you know, do the Yorton or do a national show for NPC or do I like get my shit together, (laughs) like uh, put on some size, put on some muscle, actually figure out what is going on mentally and like not mentally, but like health wise. And you know, the stage is always there. So it, it does, it's a, it's a tough decision, but I think that's the best decision, unfortunately, right now. Because, that, and that's the thing that females don't understand is like you have so many cycles in your life. So the fact that I've missed, I don't even know, like 50 cycles is like not okay. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because I have tried to seek, you know, medical help. And they, as soon as you say the word bodybuilding or prep, they immediately are like, oh, well, that's just what it is. And I'm like, so I'm hoping that's just what it is, but we're going to find out. <laughs> I I would guess so in my yeah. uneducated opinion, right. but uh, I mean this is I mean this is a very important topic to to talk about um, because mm-hmm. I think I think especially like like in natural bodybuilding I, I I see a lot of people like really grandstanding about like how it's like the healthy thing and this is all health and this and that and like I mean getting to contest shape is just it it takes a toll it's it's <laughs> not healthy and like you know. You know, understanding that and, and having that conversation, having people know that, you know, these are the consequences of getting lean. Um, and it is a short window of of competing. And like you said, the stage is always there. So I, I think this is this is great. And I appreciate your openness on this. No, for sure. And that's and it is. And I want more people to understand that, too. And even athletes that are still in it, um, a lot of people and a lot of even my athletes, I've had two girls, which I love them dearly. Um, they competed last April, June. No, it was, no, it was in November. I'm sorry. It was November's the Syracuse show. And it was their first show. Um, they did great. It was New York natural, but like they both needed size and they really wanted to get back on stage. And both of them have just been in a deficit for so long. And I'm like, guys, like, let's just take a year off. The stage is always there. They're both young. They're both in their twenties. And I was like, take a year off and like, let's come back. And I promise you, you guys will be so happy that you took a year off. Because a lot of people don't understand even the process of building muscle, let alone just being in a deficit and going show to show for like, you know, for a six months, a year, things like that. So I love that we're talking about this because it is super important. Yeah. And if, if you really break down the schedule, like of what, what is actually happening in that year off, there's not that much time for growth, honestly, right? If we're looking at three to six months of just recovery, 
And now preps are 20 ish weeks on average, where some people are going even longer than that. I mean, you're running out of time pretty quickly if you're only even just taking a year off. And a lot of people still aren't doing that. Oh, for sure. And that's what I even said to myself. Like, I was like, okay, well, like you said, Dan, like my show is in November ish, October, November ish. So, like, I really, I'm probably at the point, like, February, March was at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm back to normal, I guess you would say. Um, but even if I started, you know, I didn't go into the Yorton, but like, if even if I started prep in October, that's still only like a solid six months of building. So it's like that off season to get a full off season, you need like a solid year and a half off. Yeah. Get yourself back into a healthy state and, and then, and then milk that healthy state. So it's like, it's like a, right. It's a that process. Yeah. Right. And I think if anything, it's more mental, it's just like, that's the tricky part. Like prep's the easy part. People don't understand that prep is like, everything's good when you're in prep. It's just when you come out of prep, it's just like, you have to make these tough decisions and you know, you have, you have to trust the process as cliche as it is, but you really do. Mm -hmm. The blinders come off and there's just too many options sometimes. Yeah. Right. Right. And when you're in prep, it's just one way and everything makes sense and everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. You know, it's just like, I do miss prep sometimes. <laughs> yes. It simplifies things for sure. So we, now we're getting close on time and I want to make sure that we, we always like to wrap things up a little bit with a big message, right? And I think we've talked about a lot of really important things here. So I want to get your takeaway of for the young female athlete coming into the sport, what's one thing you definitely want them to know? And then we'll kind of finish things out just with how people can reach out to you, we'll contact you, we'll kind of like promote you a little bit here, just so if they want to further this conversation, you know, how can they get in touch with you? So to the young female athlete, um, don't be afraid to gain weight. That's like my biggest thing. And it's like, uh, even my new athletes and lifestyle clients I have, it's like, they automatically want to just lose weight. And I'm like, why? Why do you want to lose weight? Like, why do you have this number in your head? And it's funny, like, even I say I'm the heaviest I am, I'm at 155, but my pant size is still like a two or four. Like, that's crazy. That is, that's crazy where I think when I was back in high school or, you know, whatever, at 140, 145, I was in a size eight or 10. So obviously you've gained muscle. So like my big take home is don't be afraid to gain weight and lift heavy weight. <laughs> Always lift yeah. heavy weight. Test, test your limits and lift heavy weight and train hard and enjoy the process is my big take home. I love it. I love it. And where can people find you if they want to contact you for coaching or even just a conversation? So my coaching page is uh, Team Tequila is my coaching company this year. I launched, it started as a joke, but it actually took off. So it's going well. Um, it has its own page, but you also can find me on my uh, Instagram at Cedra underscore fit. And, um, or you could Google the Yorton cup figure winner 2022. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Google it. <laughs> Google me. <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this, I think, like I said, this was a great episode. We always run into these episodes that like really like hone in on a topic that's so important to the sport. And I think this is definitely one of those that people should benchmark and listen to. Yeah, no, honestly, I wasn't sure if this is where it was going to go, but I'm glad it did because it is, it is a message that needs to get out there and whether, whether it's heard or not, it's a great platform and you guys are great. So. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. If you liked it, subscribe, like, share, follow, help us spread the word. That's all we ask. And we'll see you guys in the next one.